0: Today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. Building in Faith.
1: Why wasn't I healed before? Why did I have to wait all of these years? Who knows what they were complaining about? But there were people that left that never came back to say, Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord you've done for me. Thank you for the way you healed me. An attitude of gratitude ought to mark and characterize our life.
0: Reaching up high with arms open wide we see. You're changing our You can never express enough thanks and adoration to Jesus for what He did on the cross. Today, Pastor Ed will teach on the importance of gratitude, not only to the Lord, but also to those around us. Do you know the huge impact that you could have on someone else's life just by saying thank you? As a society, we have begun to take too many things for granted and find the smallest things to complain about. Take a minute and consider all of the blessings God has provided for you and show Him the gratitude He deserves. Now here's Pastor Ed with today's message entitled, Gratitude.
1: a ministerial student and he was on a part-time saving squad. It was 1860. A ship was in danger and it began to sink. This young man, Edward Spencer, 17 times dove into those icy cold waters and rescued people. Because of the toll that took on his body, he became ill and a number of years later passed away. At his funeral, it was said not one single one of those 17 people ever came back and thanked Edward Spencer for saving their lives. How would the family have felt? How would you have felt? Jesus tells us a story of ten men that were healed. And he gives us a reason. It's a unique miracle. It's the only miracle that Jesus used in this way to suddenly just teach a lesson about gratitude, thankfulness. He takes the miracle and then he emphasizes a lesson. In the midst of the material that he's using, the context helps us understand. Uh, Jesus is going to Jerusalem to give his life a ransom. He's headed towards Jerusalem to go to Calvary to die. Now, he could have been occupied with his own concerns, with his own burden. There he was going to sacrifice his life for us He was going to make the greatest sacrifice ever given and that could have so consumed him that he failed to see the pain and suffering of others. And often it is so in our lives. When we're suffering, it's hard to sometimes think and identify with the suffering of others, but not so with the master. I want you to see that the 10 were blessed. The 10 were blessed. In the text, and I'm reading now from the NIV, I had read from the New Living, it says, As he entered a village, 10 leprous men stood at a distance, met him. And they raised their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Look at their condition. Look at their condition. They're at a distance. In the Old Testament, in the book of Leviticus, they're told that they must be apart, that they must be separate. Uh, Jesus is in this area between Galilee and uh, between Judah. It's sort of no man's land, that area of Samaria. Uh, here are these People had been ostracized. They were on the outskirts of society. Uh, They were considered untouchable. And so there in their colony, they saw Jesus come by and maybe they gathered together and they stood at a distance knowing what the scriptures say and knowing the customs of that day. They didn't even approach. Their condition was absolutely hopeless helpless because in that day there was no cure for leprosy they couldn't do anything for themselves it was a sure death it had been signed it had been sealed they were gonna die and they were gonna die ostracized from the community so their condition was absolutely helpless and hopeless but look at their petition In verses 12 to 13 again, he entered the village. Ten leprous men who stood at a distance met him. They raised their voices saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. They began to petition him. Now, maybe they heard about his miracles. Maybe someone had come and told them that Jesus actually can heal a a leper. Whatever the case they together in unison lift their voice to Jesus. How often that saying, birds of a feather flock together. Here they were suffering and they were drawn together by their suffering, by their pain, by their agony. And they found a fellowship with one another and they found a certain solace. And they came together, this is the only place in the New Testament where you see a group of 10 people gathering together in a joint petition for healing. It's usually an individual or someone bringing an individual, but here they are in a chorus of prayer, in a chorus of petition. Have mercy. It's so interesting to see how often suffering brings us to the place where we ask God for mercy. Suffering often drives us, as it were, to the throne of God, drives us to God. Our need often pushes us in the right direction. And and so these men were driven, as it were, by their need, by their brokenness, by their extreme condition, to ask God for help. And it created a fellowship of the suffering and their cries have mercy. Look at their reaction to Jesus' words. Verse 14, when he saw them, he said to them, go and show yourself to the priest. That's all they said. Go and show yourself to the priest. They understood what that meant. He just says, go, show yourself to the priest. The priests were responsible for examining a leper to see if he had been cured. So they would look at the sores, they would look at their body, and they would determine whether that person could re-enter society. Uh, Jesus just said, as they petitioned for the healing, go show yourself, and immediately they'd just start going. They had not been healed yet, but you see their obedience You see their faith. You see their response to Jesus' words. Immediately, they obeyed. They listened. And by faith, they just began to go. That small unit of men in unison turn around and obey Jesus' word. It's often God's work does not take place in our lives until we step out in obedience doing what god has commanded even though we do not yet see the results here they are they're going to obey sometimes you just gotta listen you may not see it but you sense it in your heart say all right god you gave me this word you spoke to me i'm going to start going on the path now as they're walking what does the bible text say They were what? As they went, they were healed. This godly saint, I remember, she just always took that verse. As they went, they were healed. She would just go and do the work of the Lord. She would be involved in ministry. She may not be feeling well, but she said, as they went, they were healed. And she'd go about the business of the Lord. She'd go about serving God. And here they are going about, and all of a sudden, They get there, they're healed, but only one returns to give thanks. Now, why is that? Why did only one return? And one received a special blessing that the others didn't receive. Uh, The one was blessed for his faith and gratitude. If you look at the text, Jesus surprised and you don't find Jesus surprised very often in the New Testament, but he is surprised here. Was not one found who, was no one found to return to give glory to God except this foreigner? Obviously, somehow the cultural barriers fell down in the midst of their suffering and pain. They failed to see this one as a hated Samaritan. They only saw him as a fellow sufferer. And so he was in this leper colony, the Samaritan, along with Jews. And they go to the priest. they declare them clean, healed, and it's only one that comes back. I could imagine what happened. One of them said this, you know, I was the guy who got everybody together. I told the other nine, Jesus is going to be in our district. Let's get together. Boy, wasn't I good. I mean, really, I deserve the praise of the others. You should have some gratitude for me. I brought you to see him. I told you, let's get together. Let's go see the master. And, and, And so he he sort of gets a little proud about bringing the others to see Jesus. And then there's one other one. Uh, This man said, you know, I haven't seen my family in a long time. The first thing I'm gonna do is go tell my family I am okay. I've been healed. And so he goes back home and he says, I've been, there was some other said, you know, I'm gonna go back to the business. I could finally work and earn a living now, make ends meet, and it's all gonna be taken care of, and so we're going, I'm gonna go back to work. I, I'm, I'm too busy right now. The others say, listen, I deserved it. You know, I never thought I really deserved this leprosy to begin with. I was a good person, and finally, God recognized how good I was in all the prayers I prayed. I was a member of the first, synagogue in Jerusalem, and, and, and I deserve to be healed. There was only one that said, you know, I, it was mercy. We asked for mercy. I got mercy. I, I didn't deserve this healing. And he perceived. The scripture says his perception. He, he recognized, he was healed, his perception, when he saw that he had been healed, when he saw that he had been healed, when he saw that he had been healed, uh, uh, there are some people that are blessed by God and they never recognize it, Hallelujah. that are going to go through this year, and I mean it's been hard financially for him. Maybe it's been hard physically for him. Maybe they've suffered some losses in their family and across town. There's going to be another couple, and they've gone through the same thing. They've suffered the same thing. But one couple is thankful, and the other couple is grumbling. What's the reason? Their perception. One recognizes, God, what you've done for me. You know, when on Thanksgiving you remember what God has done for you, you're going to be doubly blessed. You're going to taste that blessing again as you vocalize it, as you verbalize it, as you bring it to God. One of the customs in our family when we get together for Thanksgiving on Thanksgiving Day is to mention something each one of us is thankful for. We sit around the table and before we get into the turkey and before we get into the stuffing, we just begin to thank God for what he has done. This man perceived he had been healed. He saw what God had done for him. I still vividly remember these two older women I used to visit, uh, they were shut-ins. One woman lived in a small apartment on the fourth floor, her window looked out to a parking lot that was rather busy, and that small apartment had a kitchenette and then a sort of a couch and it would roll out into a bed. and small bathroom, but oh, she was so grateful. There was never a time that I would visit her, that there wasn't a large smile on her face, saying, I am so thankful for all that God has done for me and for my beautiful apartment that I have here. And in contrast, I'd visit another woman, and she was so unhappy. She lived in a nice home, in a nice neighborhood, She said, I don't like the neighbors across the street. They tend to sweep the dirt onto my driveway. Uh, You know, that other person over there is just absolutely so rude to me. In fact, this house isn't adequate for me. I'm one person, and she was one person, but she had three bedrooms and a full basement, but she wanted a bigger house. And, And so she was constantly, chronically complaining. Her perception." sometimes people's perception is clouded. And maybe one of those people that were healed would have said, you know, I should have been healed a long time ago. Why wasn't I healed before? Why did I have to wait all of these years? Who knows what they were complaining about. But there were people that left that never came back to say thank you. Thank you what you've done for me. Thank you for the way you healed me. An attitude of gratitude ought to mark and characterize our life. Corey Ten Boom, there in the concentration camp during the Second World War in Germany, lived in a flea-infested barracks, It was just horrible. But she began to thank God for the fleas because the guards would never come in and harass them. And so they had their time of prayer with God, they had fellowship with God, and they weren't harassed by the guards because the guards didn't want to walk into that flea-infested barracks. I mean, there are some people who have a perception to recognize the blessing in the difficulty. Now, a thoughtful person will always be a thankful person. If you're thoughtful, you'll be thankful. If you begin to count the blessings, if you begin to remember what God has done. And so this man, he realized he had been healed. Do you think about how God has healed your soul? how God has cleansed you of sin, how God has written your name in the Lamb's Book of Life, how God has singled you out of all humanity and chosen you. The Bible says you have not chosen him, he's chosen you out of the billions of people that populate the earth. Suddenly you just stop and say, Lord, thank you that I'm saved that I've been washed in the blood of Christ, forgiven of my sins. Thank you for your providential leading, your providential guidance, your providential direction in my life. Thank you for answering my prayers. This man began to proclaim. Not only was there perception, but there was proclamation. Uh, Luke 17, verses 15 to 16 now, one of them, when he saw that he had been healed, turned back, glorifying God with a whisper. Right? No, <laughs> glorifying God with a loud voice. I mean, that's why sometimes people get excited in church you got to excuse them uh, they realize that God has done so much for them they just can't hold it in you know uh, sometimes uh, they got to get out in the aisle and just have a little dance because God has cleansed them and God has forgiven them and God has taken the shackles of sin out of there off of them see here's this man with a loud voice beginning to pray Praise God because God has done something for him. I'm telling you, when it happens on the inside, it shows up on the outside. When it happens in the heart, you got to express it with the voice and it shows on the countenance. And so this man with a loud voice began to praise the Lord, began to worship God, began to glorify God. Uh, That's why sometimes people get all emotional when they start worshiping God because they remember when they were bound by the sin. They remember when God saved them. They remember what God did for them. They remember the years of bondage in Egypt before, before God brought them out of bondage. And so there with a loud voice, he's going to praise God. Oh, I can imagine some people on the city streets saying, "Uh, calm down, quiet down, you're disturbing the neighbors. He said, I don't care, I've been healed, I've been delivered, I was a leper and now I've been made whole. I was a leper and now I've been restored. And we need some people like that that walk into the church and say, I was a sinner, but my sins have been washed away. I've been made new again. And I want people to know he saved me. He redeemed me. Let heaven, let earth know that my God has made a difference in my life. So he begins proclaiming, hallelujah, glorifying God, giving thanks to him. Uh, Now he doesn't stop there. But you see in the biblical text, prostration, he gets on his face. He falls before the Lord. It says he fell on his face at his feet. There at the feet of Jesus. He's just worshiping, glorifying, and praising God. Beloved, we need some worshipers. Thanksgiving is expressed through our worship. You're worthy of praise. Uh, we need some folks in the midst of their struggles, in the midst of their trials, to see the miracles that God has done in our, their life. And that's what the text describes this man, falling, prostrate on his face, praising the Lord. I read an illustration and I thought it was powerful. Martin Reinhardt was a pastor, a preacher in Germany during the 17th century. And it was during the 30-year war. Plague swept across Europe at this time as well. He conducted up to 50 funerals in a day. 50 funerals. He conducted the funeral of his own family members. And during that time, of darkness and difficulty, he wrote 66 sacred songs and hymns. And one of those hymns is this. Now thank we all our God, with hearts and hands and voice, whose wondrous things has done, in whom his world rejoices, who from our mother's arms has blessed us on our way, with countless gifts of love, and still is ours today.
0: Building in Faith The Gospels are grand central station for learning about Jesus, which is the single most important part of our lives as Christians. Please join us each day as Pastor Ed teaches through the Gospel of Luke. You've been listening to Building in Faith, the radio ministry of Dr. Edward Jones of Faith Assembly in Poughkeepsie, New York. Now, we want to encourage you to log on to buildinginfaithradio.com and spend some time getting to know us. There you can find today's message. The only thing you need to remember is today's date. Again, to stay current with what's being broadcasted here on Building in Faith and to access the archive of messages, log on to buildinginfaithradio.com. Or if you'd like, you can always give us a call. Our phone number is 845-462-5955. That's 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. We invite you to join us again for the next edition of Building in Faith. On behalf of Pastor Ed, Faith Assembly, and the entire production team, we want to say thank you for joining us and come back next time for another edition of Building in Faith.